Hacere que vola. Hacere que vola. Do you know that song? No. Hey, Carmen. Hey, Frida. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. What are we getting into today? We're getting into Cuban parties. Because if you have ever been to a Cuban party, you will know that this is a whole ordeal. It starts with the process of getting ready to go to the party. Yeah. So do you show up in your sweatpants or even do you show up in like some nice jeans and a shirt? Like, because, you, you know, that sounds acceptable to me. No, no absolutely not, Frida. Like, you're a desperatigiada. No, you are. Yeah. Okay. You can't do that. If you're a woman, you can't be showing up at no party with any messed up nails because what kind of a disgrace are you? Come on. And you also have to have your hair done. Basic minimum, at the very least. Those two things. Full disclosure, I am... Una no, for real. Yeah. I'm pretty much considered a disgrace at Cuban parties, but I still managed to wear those heels throughout my childhood. I know. You'd be like looking at 15-year-olds wearing like, you know, five-inch stilettos and it's totally normal. Like, I can't even. Yeah, no, it's not like your parents are like, take off those stilettos. Rather than being like, oh, that's too sexual. My mom would ask me, what are you doing wearing your sneakers? You've got to wear some know. Nice when you're like, you know, 14. So you're getting ready and you are doing your nails and you're doing your hair. What else must you do, Frida? When you take a shower, you have to smell really, really good. So the first thing you do is obviously you apply a layer of talcum powder. <laughs> Like you have to cover yourself up like a little like a powdered donut. So what what I imagine that the whole talcum situation comes from is that if you are in a place without air conditioning, a.k.a. Cuba, after you shower, if you don't apply talcum powder, you're going to sweat again and you're going to get nasty. For a good amount of years after coming to this country, my mom would coat me in talcum powder everywhere and she would do the same herself so after you've powdered yourself even though the talcum powder usually has perfume in it it's not enough no okay when you're a child you will be drenched in aguas de violeta aguas de violeta is essentially perfume that smells like violets it is also called royal violets at least the brand that's especially prominent mm -hmm in Miami or Hialeah. And a little bit of history about Aguas de Violetas. The original Agustin Reyes started a perfume line in Havana, Cuba in 1927. So, Año de la Corneta, of course. And after the revolution, like in 1960, the Cuban government seized their operations and the Reyes family moved to Miami. And so they managed to smuggle out all the ingredients they needed to make the perfume. They settled in South Florida. And the main plant for this perfume is still in Hialeah. Agua, fango y factoría. <laughs> Which means water, mud, and factory. Hialeah is called Aguafangui Factoria because all of the Cubans moved their factories there and that's where they would go find work. And bueno, that's how we have Aguas de Violeta. And so it's an iconic smell. It's something that I would recognize anywhere. It would bring me back. You know what? Mark Jacobs makes a perfume that smells a lot like this. The Daisy perfume, <gasps> the bottle has a really pretty white flower on top. It's enormous. It's the same version of that, but it's purple. And it's literally Agua de Violetas for like an adult and also an arm and a leg. 
Yeah, because you can get Aguas de Violeta for very little. You can find Aguas de Violetas at any Navarro or any drugstore or any mom and pop type of stores in Miami. And actually outside of Miami, I have had trouble finding it because you know that Carmen has tried to find Aguas de Violeta outside of Miami. <laughs> Guilty is charged. <laughs> the closest I've gotten is Mark Jacobs. <laughs> yeah. So as a woman, you wear earrings, you wear heels, you wear a dress or something pretty elaborate. So you're dressed to the nines and you might be told that you look like you're going to go cantar pan mexicana. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that, Frida. Pan mexicana. I <laughs> So we've gotten into what it's like to get ready for a party or literally any family gathering as a woman. But let's not exclude the men. No. Let's talk about the outfit. If you're over 30 or you're under 10, someone's going to dress you up in una guayabera. Absolutely. Una guayabera with a nice pair of pants. You don't really want to do jeans, but I think men can get away with jeans a little bit more. And your shoe is definitely a loafer of some kind. Or a nice dressy shoe. Guayabera is a men's shirt that is made of linen. So it's really comfortable in the Caribbean to be wearing this. I just want to say that I've worn a halter top guayabera before. Oh my god, of course. A little aside on the guayabera. Uh, guayabera is something that was mostly worn in the countryside in Cuba. This is why exactly it's linen because you want to stay cool. I've heard that the pockets were developed in order to be able to hold the guayabas. This is what I've grown up hearing. And that the lines down the front through the middle of the pockets are there to help reinforce weight for the pockets. Well, that would make some sense. So just for our English-speaking listeners, guayaba is guava. And guayabera sounds a lot like guayaba. The guayabera also might look a little bit like Spanish military uniform. So this was possibly worn by soldiers during the Cuban War of Independence. And today you will find it on your uncle people. So men are wearing guayaberas and they're wearing dressy shoes and a hat. And now you are properly dressed to go to this party. You drive over to the party and the entire family, like all generations of the family, are going. It's very rare that you find a Cuban party that's like just for a certain age group. Everyone goes. Yeah. And then once you get there, Carmen, how many people do you say hi to? Every single person. And what does it mean to say hi, Frida? It means you kiss everyone on the cheek. And in Miami, a kiss on the cheek is one kiss on one side of the cheek. So it's it's not like the double kisses from Spain no. or from France. It's a single kiss. Yeah, and this is one of those things that as soon as I left Miami and I started interacting in communities that were not Cuban, I realized how weird this is to everybody else. In Miami, you meet people for the first time, you give them a kiss on the cheek. So just to specify, the kissing on the cheek happens from women to women, from women to men, but men to men usually do not kiss no. on the cheek. Men to men might like give themselves a, a pat hug or a handshake. I went to college away from Miami. That was the first time I ever saw people my age shaking hands. And I was thinking, wow, these people are like business, <laughs> you know, like they're really professional people. I didn't understand because when I grew up in Miami, I thought that only business people shook hands. Do you remember kissing literally your entire middle school every single morning? Oh my God, yeah. Like I would get to school early in order to kiss everyone. The worst part is, is that if you walk into a party and you forget to kiss one person, you are never going to hear the end of it. 
you must say hi to everybody and you must kiss every single freaking person there. So now that you've done your duty. Yeah, now that you've gone around, <laughs> made your rounds, kissed everybody, even the people you don't like. Maybe some people you end up kissing them twice, whatever. Maybe you're like, just for good measure, just so that you don't get it twisted that I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we're at the party. We are here, Carmen. Are here, What's baby? going on around us? Well, Fulano, Mengano, Pepe, Juana, y Cuco, who all brought some kind of instrument. And they are setting up shop. And it's about to get fun. Yeah, so you might bring some maracas, a guido, la clave, bongo, and all these instruments that are pretty portable. You can bring them to the parties and either use them to play along with existing music like, you know, salsa, merengue, etc. Or you might have basically a band going on. If you can improvise some verses of Guantanamera, you're able to do that the whole night long. <laughs> Everything is built upon a really simple meter and a really simple melody that you can then morph as the night goes on. I think the only people that really need to have any kind of skill is if you're bringing in a type of horn, like a trumpet. Or a guitar, or a guitar or a piano. piano. You but know. that's way more involved. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, the drunker you get, this is when the people who were quiet the entire party come out and then suddenly take a mic and start singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some typical drinks, alcoholic drinks available at a Cuban party are... Ron. Ron, definitely, which is rum. And you got to be proud. Rum is, rum is very Cuban. Mm -hmm. Whiskey. Whiskey, I would say whiskey is definitely a little more in the U.S. If you're in Cuba, it's straight up chipedrin. How many chipedrin jokes can we make? I can't. Take a shot every time one of us says chipedrin. And in terms of beer, we're not seeing any double IPAs. We're not seeing anything too fancy. We are seeing Heineken. We're seeing Corona if you're soft. And we're seeing Presidente. So let's get into some... More food and some more non-alcoholic drinks. Oof, I really want a jupina. Like, I just want to pop open a really cold can of jupina. Jupina is Ooh. so, so good. So, piña means pineapple. Who is the start of jugo. Which is juice. So, it's a soda that tastes like pineapple. And it's so, so good. It was founded in Pinar de Rio in Cuba in 1905. It is definitely, like... One of the sweetest sodas in the world. Uh -huh. Let's put out some other drinks. Materba. Materba. I don't like materba. I like materba. Not as much as jupina because jupina is so fruity and nice. Mm -hmm. Materba is made of yerba mate. It's an herb that is found in the Andes. I don't even I know. How did Cuba even get that? Anyway. <laughs> I'm not sure, but materba is a yerba mate caffeinated drink originally produced and popularized in Cuba before the Cuban Revolution and it's been produced in Miami since after the Cuban Revolution so the previous owners were also bottling this drink around the 1920s Iron Ber another favorite of mine Iron Beer if you go up to your mom and you're like mommy yo quiero un Iron Beer she's gonna look at you like you're crazy Iron Ber is just one word yeah. Iron Ber is a soft drink that originated in Cuba in 1917. And it has an image of a really, really ripped man. Iron beer is basically... Uh, <laughs> you do translate it into iron beer and you have a very buff man. You can see the connection. Yeah, so what is it even... What does iron beer even taste like? It tastes kind of like... It's like Dr. Pepper, isn't it? Dr. Pepper. I would say it's closer to Dr. Pepper. It's delicious. It is. 
So, folks, there's a lot going on in just the in drinks. drinks. <laughs> and of course, you have your classic Gualibres happening. You have your mojitos happening. I've even seen like daiquiris, which by the way, daiquiris, as I daiquiris. then learned when I moved to New York and got into cocktail culture, is not the same daiquiri that I know from Miami. Cuban drinking. Everyone's usually getting drunk. And there are a couple different activities you can do while you're tipsy, you know, or while you're enjoying a party. Mm -hmm. You can dance. And my God, if you are Cuban, you were raised dancing. So it's something that you learn to do from a very young age. I swear to you, I think we were probably popped out of the womb dancing already. Like, I don't remember a time when I couldn't dance. Most Cubans have a fundamental understanding of salsa moves and some sort of real de casino. So you can show up to a party and you don't have to think to yourself, oh God, I don't have anything in common with this person. I don't know what I'm going to talk about with them. You're just going to dance. You you probably don't even have to have much of a conversation if you don't want to. You can get up. You can start dancing. More people will dance afterwards. You'll switch partners around and you'll spend the night dancing. With everyone. It's like... Women are dancing with women. Women are dancing with other men. You're dancing with your cousin, your uncle, your brother, your dad. None of it is weird. Little kids dancing with older people. Your abuelito is dancing with your teenage cousin. That is the universal Cuban language, dancing and music. So what's another activity that you can do? El domino. El domino. Vamos a echar un jueguito de ficha. (laughs) (laughs) what did i just say let's play a game of dominoes dominoes are such an integral part of cuban culture cuban parties and there's always a domino table and generally a couple of men (laughs) sitting around on the domino table playing really loudly (laughs) Mm -hmm. dominoes is really not so much about winning or losing it's about bringing your ego to the table so you don't just put a piece down If you slam it, you are commanding that table. It doesn't matter if it's even a good play. (laughs) Getting invited to play dominoes is also a rite of passage. It is. Carmen and I will both probably remember how old we were when we were first invited to play dominoes and what it feels like to be respected for the moves that you make. I think a big part of dominoes is having a psychological component of trying to game other people. And so that's why it's so intense. And I feel like you also learn a lot about how to communicate non-verbally coming from a culture that is so loud. We haven't even gotten into exactly what a dominoes game really looks like, but you have a table and this table is not just any table. What does a Domino's table look like? Domino's tables can actually be pretty intensely adorned. I would say on the really ornamented side, some of the fancier domino tables I've seen have a Cuban flag, a map of Cuba, like something really elaborate also drawn on it. And then it has a slick laminated top. It'll also have edges built into the table so that you can place your dominoes on them. Some people only buy a tabletop so that they can put this wood on top of any table. There's also some plastic domino tables you can buy. And I had that at my house for some time. But you definitely need to have a separate table or some arrangement ready for when you got to play dominoes. It's a table with four sides and it accommodates four players and you play in teams. And your 
team member is across the table from you and you need to look at them and pick up on what they're putting down. Literally watch their plays, see what they're missing, how you can help them and how you can screw your opponent who's going right after you. So a lot of this is done non-verbally. One phrase that I've heard a lot when you're invited to this domino table and you're kind of a noob and you're being too vocal about what's going on in the game is el domino lo inventó un mudo. Mm. which is domino was invented by a mute. Who knows if that's true, but that's what you're told when you're being chastised for talking too much and giving away too much of your strategy. There's an entire language around dominoes. There are names for every domino piece. There are terms that you use at different points in the domino game. There will be like an eruption of noise suddenly coming from one side of the party and you know something's happening at the domino Oh, absolutely. Table. It'll be somebody probably screaming like, me pegué, which is like they played their last piece, thereby ending the game and they won. I've seen some versions of domino being played where every single time someone makes a play, they'll say something fancy. <laughs> oh yeah, there are so many phrases. My favorite is échale agua, which means when you're shuffling, throw water into it to kind of shuffle. I just think that's so cute. When you shuffle dominoes, it sounds like a creek or it's a waterfall. It's true, yeah, all that like, ruckus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's at least the association I made any time I heard échale agua. Mm -hmm. My other favorite one is when you've picked up all of your pieces at the beginning of the game and you only have low numbers, you say, yo, estoy en la playa, which is, <laughs> yo, like, shoot, I'm at the yeah, beach. Because you only have low numbers. I have really fond memories of playing dominoes. There is an entire domino park in Miami where all of the old Cuban men go to play dominoes and bitch about the revolution. It's a really quintessential part of the Cuban identity, dominoes. And so it makes sense that at every single party, you got to have a dominoes game. So that's happening in one corner. It's pretty loud. So where are the kids? Where are the kids? The kids are running around. The kids are beating each other up. The kids, if you're in Miami and you are fancy, you probably have a bouncy house for the kids and they're probably killing themselves in there. Or the kids are having a pool party. You never know. They're in a pool party somewhere. They're killing themselves somewhere. But the point is that you're not worried about them. You're not vigilando your kids. Yeah, it was one of the few times like <laughs> that I felt like I could really just have fun. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Without my parents watching, watching me at all times because like I'm an only child. Okay. It was hard to get a moment to myself. So they were finally preoccupied by other adults and I can go and like do stuff with the yeah. kids. So um, yeah, we'd be running around playing El Chucho Escondido. All of this in a full on little like little kid bata. The kids aren't showing up in their play clothes because they're going to kill each other for three hours while you're getting drunk. The kids are also dressed in their absolute best. Yes, I will probably find photos of myself both in Cuba and in Miami wearing an elaborate poofy dress. Mm -hmm. To these parties where I'm like running around and throwing like a tomato at someone. So like, <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, when you get it dirty or you get it ripped or something, your mom is like, no, no, vaya, contigo no se puede. And you're like, I'm a kid. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're wearing esos zapaticos, a little Yeah, shoes, with the little tiny so ruffly buckles and um, the socks. And the ruffly socks. Yeah. yeah. All of the above. But you're still a kid. <laughs> So those are, that's where the kids are yeah. at. And let's keep looking around because people are getting hungry. People are Carmen. getting hungry. So what are, what are we eating? Let's start with the main Ooh, place. Well, we just right? did an episode on La Caja Sadora and La Caja China. So people are going to know what the pork is yeah, like. Definitely. So we've got we some have, pork. Definitely have to have some pork. <laughs> definitely have to have arroz con frijoles. Or arroz con gris, depending. What is the difference? <laughs> arroz con frijoles. 
is white rice and beans separate but on the same plate next to each other or even on top of each other. Arroz con gris is black beans and rice but cooked together so that it all is already mixed in. Yuca con mojo. Platanito maduro. Some kind of fried plantain. Tostones. Ah, uh, yeah. Y una ensaladita, which is... Y una ensaladita, which is iceberg. By the way, you never eat a salad as a main course. That is just not within the understanding of food when it comes to being Cuban. An ensalada is a side. Just to say that you had something green. And it's actually iceberg lettuce with sliced tomatoes <laughs> and a bit of salt. Sometimes you might get some onion, like cut up onions in it. But that's as far as salad Yeah, like goes. usually raw onion. Raw onion, correct. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So if you're fancy, you definitely get some avocado. And let's let's take a moment to just describe at least a little bit of the components of yuca con mojo. In one of our previous episodes on how to create the perfect lechon, we describe mojo. And so mojo is something that you can also use to dress other components of the food. Yuca is a tuber, also known as yucca. Actually. Oh, that's how people say so it? So like in English, people will say yucca. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now we know that I don't know how to say these things. <laughs> no, you know how to say it, but just, you know, the Cuban way. It's a different experience in both cases. People have preferences. Tostones is made from a green thick plantain and it's usually pretty savory. You chop up a green thick plantain. You fry it, usually in lard, but maybe in canola oil. Then you use a tostonera to crush it. And then you squish it into a flat pancake type of shape. And then you fry that again. It's delicious. You can just add salt to that mm, and enjoy rico. it. And platanitos is sweet. Yeah. So, Carmen, how do we have platanitos? Platanito. So the difference is that there's platano, which is what I know of as the plantain that you use for the tostones. And then there's platano maduro which is the mm-hmm, one that you mm-hmm. use for fried plantains. So that plantain is a bit more ripe and softer. There's a couple of different ways to do it. If you wait until it gets a little brown, then you get much mushier mm-hmm. platanitos. I don't actually like those Ooh, as much. Those are the ones I, I like. like. The ones that are, well, Carmen, you will take those and I will take yes. the ones that are far greener because it has a crispy outside and creamy inside and they're a lot more intact. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones I like. Yeah. I like my platano blandito. Those are the main plates and some of the main sides, but we also have croquetas. So croquetas are creamy ground ham, breaded and fried on the outside. So crispy on the outside and nice and soft and warm on the inside. Yo, if you're Cuban, you love croquetas. I love a croqueta. I love a croqueta preparada in my sandwich. I like a croqueta randomly stray in the middle of the night when I just need a snack. I like a croqueta first thing in the morning. I like a croqueta in the middle of the party. Carmen, you sound like Jose Martí. You're like, cultivo una croqueta. (laughs) (laughs) Cultivo una croqueta de jamón. En junio. Como en enero. Para el amigo sincero. Que me da su mano franca. Y para el cruel que me arranca. El corazón con que vivo. Cardo mi ortiga cultivo. Cultivo, cultivo una, una croqueta, croqueta de jamón. De jamón. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into Jose Martí in a different episode, but I don't think that he would be upset that we took it here. I don't think so either. But I don't know. Somehow we got from croquetas to Jose Martí. It happened here at Take It Easy, folks. Yep. Don't Tell miss everyone. it. <laughs> Um, Anyway, croquetas are great. What else do we have? We have bocaditos. I love bocaditos. Bocaditos. Think of it as like Cuban deviled ham sandwiches. So there's little small finger sandwiches. And the bread is kind of like a dinner roll. 
in that size and sort of shape as well. And then they're sliced in half. And on the inside is a sort of ham paste that is actually made with ham, cheese, roasted red peppers, mayonnaise, sweet pickles, olives con pimentos. If I had to really give you an equivalent of what the ham paste tastes like, the best that I have found is pimento cheese. And they're delicious. And you can have 10,000 of them and not feel it. <laughs> it's like air. It is. So... Pastelitos, the magic word pastelitos, the closer to breakfast that you are, the more likely you are to get some pastelitos. So pastelitos are a puff pastry. It can sometimes be crumbly, definitely a little moist on the inside, super buttery. And it's stuffed with some form of fruit paste, the most common ones and some of the most delicious ones are stuffed with guava paste. I've seen some mango paste ones. There's guava paste with cream cheese. Yes. And some also have meat in yeah, them. Yeah, I've also even seen pizza pastel, which they just take pizza ingredients and somehow make it into a pastelito. If I'm being really honest, if I can be vulnerable for a moment, this is the thing that I miss the most about Cuban culture in Miami. Like to the point that I will sometimes walk into a bakery, order a turnover and tell myself, you are a pastelito. And it's so sad. But you're not. But it's not. (laughs) I have since moved on and learned how to make my own pastelitos. I actually learned it from watching my big fat Cuban family, Marta. She makes a good one and she made a recipe and shared it. And then I started making it. So shout out to Marta, my big fat Cuban family. All right. So uh, we've got a lot of food, but it's still not enough. No. Let's start with a typical party that isn't a birthday. You'll at the very least have some flan. Oh, absolutely. And tres leches. Flan and tres leches. So, yeah. Tres leches means three milks. And Carmen, what are the three milks? So the three milks can be whole milk. Sometimes heavy cream is used, but definitely sweetened condensed milk and evaporated milk. And they soak spongy breads. Ooh, so yummy. And then on top, you have to have a shit ton of merengue. And if you're getting really fancy, you put a little cherry on top that nobody actually cares or likes, but it's there. You do a maraschino cherry. If you are attending a birthday party, especially Uh. a children's birthday party, what do you get? You get un que más grande que el niño. (laughs) (laughs) So the Cuban panetela or the Cuban birthday cake is usually humongous. Like the bigger the cake, that's like a a status symbol. Right? Like I think that it's definitely a status symbol. The Cuban panetela... Is usually a huge rectangular cake that covers almost an entire table. One of the reasons I know a bit more about these cakes is that my mom used to always make these cakes for birthdays. So she would cook them at home. The actual panetela, which is the cake, is made with egg, sugar, flour, often maicena, which is an almond powder, and some lemon. But that cake itself isn't dry. It's usually coated in something called an almíbar, which is a syrup. That syrup is usually sugar, water, and oftentimes an essence of orange or lemon. The way that my mom would do it is she would zest or ask me to zest a lot of lime. And that's what we would make as the almíbar. And so that flavor penetrates all of the panetela. You also often would cut the panetela in half and add a layer of something in the center. So it could be natilla, which is like a custard. It could be guava. One of my favorite ones that my mom used to make was a coconut one too. And you cover that cake in merengue. Oh my God, merengue. (laughs) Which is meringue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And meringue is made from egg whites and sugar. Beaten. And beaten to no end. 
and it's white and fluffy, but that doesn't mean the cake is white and plain. There's a bunch of ways to decorate these cakes. You can decorate the meringue in a blue color or a pink color or a yellow color. Carmen, these cakes are intense. Yeah, they're really elaborate. When you're fixing to host these parties, you're not trying to feed these people and be done with feeding them. You're also trying to give them plates to take home. As the Mm. host, Mm -hmm. you never want to send people home with nothing. So that brings us to the end of the party when you've been dancing all night, you've been drinking all night, you've been stuffing your face all night, and people have been commenting on whether you've gotten fat or you're too skinny, but then they're bringing you even more plates of food. And and you're trying to get (laughs) out of there. Are you leaving anytime soon? Absolutely not. No. 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 So, la despedida cubana. It takes, give or take, two hours. (laughs) Between deciding to leave and then actually leaving. Gathering all of your family. Like, maybe maybe your dad has to finish the game of domino. Right. And maybe your mom is not finished telling her story about how fulana y mengana are pissed at each other. <laughs> and of course, you are not done with your game, your very important game of El Chucho Escondido. That thing, no one's found it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so someone in your family announces that you're thinking of leaving. How many people do you have to kiss on the cheek in order to even start Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. Every single one. Everyone. And while you're kissing them on the cheek, you might get into another conversation. So you might go to one part of the party where some people are at, you kiss them on the guaranteed. cheek, and you're like, bueno, nos vamos. And then guaranteed, you get into an entire conversation with that group of people. And meanwhile, the host is preparing you plates of food, a little bit of everything, including this enormous cake that now they have to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, so you've gone around, you started to say bye to people. And when you're a kid and you've gone to enough of these parties, you start to realize What's going on? By the time that you realize that your parents are trying to get out of there, you're like, okay, I understand that I still have an extra two hours to play with my friends. Yes, 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 yes. And so sometimes the party happens at different parts of the house, right? Like some people in the party are outside in el patio, like in the backyard. Some people are closer to the kitchen and el Florida and others are in the living room. Florida. Oftentimes, (laughs) oftentimes like you'll start saying bye at the end of the house and you start slowly moving towards the front of the door. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) with all of your interacting with people, all of your plates of food. Yes. Oh, and if it was a special occasion party and there were centerpieces, you definitely got to grab one of those two and take to your house. Absolutely. You're taking that home. And so you've reached the door. Is that where you say goodbye and just like carry on in your merry way? No, no, of course not. You're packing up into the car. You're strapping the kid up into the car seat. The car is running. Are you leaving? No, you're not leaving because before long, you're in another conversation because you're in the outside in my car stage of the conversation. And so maybe you turn off your car again. I have so many memories of my dad doing this, like just starting the car and then being like, yeah, we're getting into something and like (laughs) turning off the car so he could conserve some energy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then you're there for another, what, like 30 minutes minimum? I don't know, half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like the entire party is surrounding your car and you're still talking. Let's say that finally you've exhausted all of the conversations you can possibly talk about, which honestly sounds impossible. But let's say you get there and you start to pull out of the driveway. 
Does everybody go back into the party and resume their party? No, but at this point, you're running over people because they are surrounding your car. So basically, like, no. it's like a horror movie, you know? No, like at this point, everybody that was outside having this conversation with you is now watching your car disappear into the horizon and all waving until they can no longer Everyone's see you. Everyone's waving, looking at you. Only when they can no longer see you do they stop, resume the party. And every time anyone else has to leave, this thing happens. Yeah, this just gets Which repeated. is why I think sometimes a lot of people decide to leave at the same time. Oh, yeah, you know? of course. You, you need to... I kept it And also, as you're leaving in the car, you are also half hanging outside the window waving goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> you're also honking. <laughs> we managed to escape the party. <laughs> Let's get into the guanismo, no? Dímelo cantando. Te lo digo cantando, okay. <laughs> Tell it to me singing. It's not just Cubans that say this, it's a very Caribbean saying. I think I heard it so much growing up. Even now, when my mom will call me, I'll just be like, dímelo cantando. It's a nice call and response thing, mm -hmm. you know, so I feel like in the spirit of party time. Dímelo cantando. <laughs> thanks again so much, everyone, for tuning in. We really appreciate all of the support. Special thanks to all of our patrons, Jesse, Kellis, Jason, Josh, Daniel, love you guys. Stay tuned for our hot take episodes. If you want to become a patron, you'll get access to that. We are at Take It Easy Pod on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. If you want to send us an email, it's takeiteasypod at gmail.com. And check out our blog post at takeiteasypod.com. Take it easy, folks. Cogelo con take it easy. Cogelo con take it easy. <laughs> <laughs>